At City of Hope, its innovative treatments for cancer and groundbreaking research have saved millions of lives all over the world. This is City of Hope Radio with your host, Melanie Cole. More than 18,000 Americans are diagnosed with esophageal cancer each year, and timely diagnosis and intervention can make a dramatic difference in improving survival odds and quality of life. My guest today is Dr. Joseph Chow. He's an assistant clinical professor in the Department of Medical Oncology and Therapeutics Research at City of Hope. Welcome to the show, Dr. Chow. Tell us about esophageal and stomach cancer. Who is at risk for these? There are certainly known epidemiologic risk factors uh, such as obesity, uh, chronic uh, gastroesophageal reflux, uh, smoking and alcohol are certainly also well-known risk factors for esophageal cancer development. And then related to stomach cancer, there's H. pylori, actually a bacterial infection, uh, can be related to dietary exposure and factors, but uh, at least the latter in terms of H. pylori, it has reduced uh, due to better refrigeration, food preservation, but these are all known, well-known risk factors for both esophageal and stomach cancer development. So what are the symptoms? Because these kinds of cancers affect the quality of life so much, people are worried about disfiguring if they have to have surgery and eating, of course, something and talking. So tell us about symptoms that people might notice that would send them to see you in the first place. So, so I think, um, right, uh, what we would call dysphagia, difficulty with uh, swallowing, uh, having food go down. Uh, that certainly would be uh, symptoms in which um, you should seek a medical professional for evaluation. Um, involuntary weight loss um, in spite of you know, trying to eat normally and regularly. Uh, unfortunately, at least in the United States, there's no effective screening programs for you know, detection of uh, early stage esophageal and stomach cancer. Uh, but as long as you're very mindful in terms of uh, symptoms of you know, ongoing gastroesophageal reflux in spite of you know, taking uh, antacids or um, uh, proton pump inhibitors such as Prilosec or uh, Prevacid, um, you know, ongoing symptoms. And then certainly if, if you're a male above the age of 50, you know, those will all be things in which you should be prompted to uh, undergo an endoscopy by a gastroenterologist to have workup to ensure that you know, there isn't um, esophageal or stomach cancer responsible for you know, ongoing symptoms. Now, you mentioned the screening and endoscopy, and just as colonoscopy is now a preventive screening for colon cancer, do you envision a day when endoscopy is going to be considered part of a well screening to look for these? Uh, so not necessarily endoscopy in its current form, um, and the issue with that is due to still, thankfully, in many ways, esophageal and uh, stomach cancers being lower in an incidence in the United States versus other countries outside of the United States, such as in Asia, in which there's actually a much higher incidence of stomach and esophageal cancer, in which public health screening programs are very cost-effective. But there actually are a lot of um, uh, novel endoscopic approaches being looked at to try and essentially increase the cost-effectiveness of screening. So uh, hopefully as these approaches are better developed, um, also um, better detection of potentially even DNA changes at an early stage in uh, your normal esophagus and stomach. And hopefully these measures can lead to more um, effective screening strategies, such as, yes, it will be then implemented regularly to allow for us to find earlier stage disease as opposed to a lot of times currently cancers being presented at late stages. 
what happens if someone is diagnosed with one of these types of cancers? Is is the outlook or prognosis, do they have to then be worried about being able to eat or talk or all of these kinds of quality of life issues? Uh, so it uh, it definitely depends on terms of the stage of the cancer that's found. Um, if it's an early stage cancer, prognosis actually can still be very good uh, with combination of chemotherapy and sometimes radiation therapy, uh, but most importantly, surgery for early stage um, esophageal and stomach cancers. Um, so speaking really isn't uh, something that, that should be effective, but but yes, eating definitely um, in terms of having your you know, part of your esophagus removed or your stomach removed, uh, there can be adjustments you know made in terms of eating you know more frequent smaller meals. Um, also, um, in terms of um, ensuring that you're staying hydrated, but you know there there certainly are measures that can be taken to adjust for you know the uh, adju- uh, surgical surgical outcomes in terms of having your uh, stomach and esophagus removed. Um, you know, with time after surgery to remove your stomach, you know, things do re-expand in terms of if there's a remnant stomach left over and, uh, you know, long-term quality of life actually still can be maintained. And actually, there's also a lot of research trying to look at long-term quality of life outcomes. If someone is subject to Barrett's esophagus, does this, is this a precursor for this type of cancer? Uh, so Barrett's, yes, is certainly known to be a precursor for uh, esophageal cancer. Uh, though uh, not every case of esophageal adenocarcinoma adenocarcinoma, uh, is necessarily due to Barrett's. Um, And actually, still a very small proportion of Barrett's uh, does develop into esophageal cancer, so that, um, you know, certainly there are approaches to ablate uh, Barrett's to try and um, prevent early-stage disease or or prevent progression into uh, cancer. Uh, So actually, that is part of the uh, screening efforts for uh, esophageal cancer. Dr. Chow, tell us about Precision Medicine Initiative, and and how does this have to do with cancer and the treatments that you provide at City of Hope? Right. So um, because of, unfortunately, a lot of cases of esophageal and uh, stomach uh, cancer being at late stages, stage four, uh, usually that eliminates surgery as being an effective uh, treatment option. So we are mainly looking at chemotherapy, uh, but we are fi- also finding out cancers in general. Not every single cancer is exactly the same. You know, we have the tools now to really look at every cancer in terms of their respective genetic code. You know, their DNA mutations. We know that cancer is it is a disease in terms of gene mutations that leads to the abnormal growth of uh, cancer cells. So, in terms of being able to look at the genetic code there actually are many different targeted therapies that can essentially go after a certain genetic alteration in the cancer. And actually, there is precision medicine being practiced at the moment for esophageal and stomach cancer with the targeting of this gene called HER2 or HER2. So um, the latter is actually a gene that was initially discovered to be very important in breast cancer treatment. Uh, so a lot of the uh, uh, drugs um, used in breast cancer targeted drugs such as Herceptin, um, that actually has been found to be very effective in stomach and esophageal cancer. Though this is still only one targeted drug at the moment for stomach and esophageal cancer, and and we definitely want to continue to expand further on that. And so actually in terms of the clinical trials that we have ongoing at City of Hope, and and, um, we do have, you know, we're looking at the genetic code of each person's individual cancer to then see can we find a clinical trial that matches up to that genetic code of the cancer and essentially being more precise with our treatment. 
Is there a genetic component to these types of cancers? So in terms of known genetic um, inherited mutations, it's still only a very small proportion, uh, probably 1% of uh, stomach cancers in which we can point to a gene mutation. Um, There is ongoing research to try and see if we can find more uh, gene mutations that can be inherited and predispose someone to developing stomach and esophageal cancer. Uh, But this is still Again, very small proportion, uh, but in terms of the genetic code of the cancer, I mean, there can be what we call um, somatic mutations in which it's independent of the genes that you're inherited. Um, the big question is why do these changes happen in the first place? And, and those are also very important questions that we hope to address in you know, future research studies. And in the last few minutes, what's going on that's very exciting and gives hope to patients that have been diagnosed with esophageal or stomach cancer at City of Hope? So we are finding that immunotherapy, um, essentially trying to get your own immune system to attack uh, the cancer. Uh, these are treatments that have already shown a lot of uh, um, progress and improvement in the um, treatment and quality of life for patients with melanoma and lung cancer. And so there actually have been early studies uh, uh, in stomach and esophageal cancers in which these treatments seem to work as well for uh, uh, patients with stage 4 uh, disease. Um, the issue, though, is that it's still only a small proportion, maybe 10% or so of patients in which it looks like these types of immunotherapies that are um, letting go of the brakes, so to speak, on the immune system to uh, attack the cancer. Um, it's still a very small proportion. So if anything, uh, ongoing research efforts are trying to see if we can harbor this treatment, you know, with the immune system in, you know, more than just 10% of our patients with stage 4 esophageal and stomach cancer. So there are, we are doing studies to try and see if we can find blood markers that may help predict for um, response to these types of therapies and, or we're also doing, uh, in the process of planning a clinical trial to try and see if we can combine radiation treatment and uh, immunotherapies to essentially bring out the immune system more against the cancer, and then hopefully, yeah, uh, get um, better quality of life, you know, better survival for all our patients. It's absolutely fascinating, Dr. Chow, and I applaud all the great work that you're doing at City of Hope. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're listening to City of Hope Radio, and for more information, you can go to cityofhope.org. That's cityofhope.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.